Hi everyone and welcome to episode 23 of the Judo Talk podcast. Judo Talk, Talk, 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 Judo Talk, Talk. Hey everyone and welcome to this episode. Well, this episode is more of a mini episode and I'll get into that a little bit later actually but I guess we can't we can't talk about anything until we discuss the Olympics and well at the moment well it's Thursday afternoon when I'm recording this this is released Friday morning and as it stands Japan have won eight golds one silver one bronze medal and only two of their athletes have haven't medaled which is far surpasses anything, and not not only does it far surpass anything that I really thought was going to happen. I think I'm most surprised with how many men have won the gold. I expected them to win 60, 66, 73s, but after that point, I I really didn't expect them to get a gold in any of the other weight groups. And Nagasi and obviously Aaron Wolf today have just got more gold medals to add to the tally. So yeah, so absolutely unbelievable. And I was watching, I've been watching the games and I just don't know how much, I always thought they were going to do well because when it comes to COVID, Japan doesn't need to travel for their international development. You could see that they didn't send their top athletes to the world championships, they sent the number twos. So they've got such a strength in their country um, for their judo that actually they could train as much as they wanted now obviously this is me uh you know i'm just having a guess on this i don't know this 100 percent, but i imagine that they're able just to get stay in their training groups keep cracking on keep working on whatever they're doing but what's what's really really impressed me especially when i was watching sir ono and when i was watching abe for for the men specifically is how controlled they looked with their emotions and I, I wonder how much work Anui and uh, everybody's put into their um, sports psychology because um, it was just unbelievable like you could imagine the hype the, the buzzing they must have so much emotion flooding through their body and they just they look so composed and so in control throughout the whole tournament even if they went down a shido, like they they just looked like they were there in their head. You know, they they were in the moment, and they managed to to do some phenomenal judo still. And I guess as well, like I sort of I've been watching the games, and it surprised me a little bit with the rules. Uh, not that the rules have changed, but just how they're being refereed. I feel like. I don't really understand the Shido system anymore. I feel like I've watched Shido a long time. And for me, with the rules, I don't really... I don't really have a problem with any of the rules. But what I do struggle with is inconsistencies. And not only inconsistencies within one tournament, but across many tournaments. I feel like sometimes the focus of the rules sometimes changes. And I'm sure there's going to be some cynics out there that sort of said... The, the fact that they're not penalising the passivity, the lack of attacks, the lack of build-up is benefiting the Japanese fighters no end because of the way they do judo. They like, 
one of the tactics to try and beat Japanese fighters is to break preparation. It's something, uh, if you watch like uh, people like, who can I say, Bischoff, people like um, Madaloni for Italy, um, the Italian, yeah, German-Italian system, and even sometimes with the French, that any good fighters, when they're going against the Japanese, they use a really quick setup. So lots of drops, lots of hit and run, and just breaking up that preparation time. And the idea is the fact that it takes the Japanese, they like to fight, they like to get their hands on, they like to build the tension, build the reaction process, and then throw for their big technique. And the idea is that you, you hit lots of quick, quick, quick techniques over and over again, and then they get penalised, and then they get penalised again, and then all of a sudden they have to do something that they don't necessarily want to do because either they get disqualified out of the contest or they get caught from walking on. And I've just seen from the rules, it doesn't seem like that's actually happening. It doesn't seem like there's any great urgency to penalise anybody for, for not attacking. And I would say across the week I've seen this, and it seems like... and. In likewise, they've not penalised as many drops, but that doesn't really benefit the drop dropping people either because the idea of that is to apply pressure to, to beat them to the punch, to beat them to attack. So I would say both of those rules I found a little bit strange, they, but they definitely benefit that slower type of match, that one where you can slowly build into it, you can slowly... Um, put the pressure on and if you're a person who's looking to get those quick attacks in because you know it's going to be really difficult for you to throw that person then you're waiting for the penalties to come and when they don't come even though they're not coming to you you're then wondering well what's happening next so yeah so I, yeah I've just found that strange and I felt like I've not really been able to to work that one out and yeah I don't know I I, I Maybe it's just me. I don't know what you guys have found watching it. I, I definitely feel like I've not really understood the rules or definitely not, not getting the rules that I expect to happen at the right time. And actually, I tell you, if you've watched... Um, sorry for that noise. I've just kicked the bin underneath the table. Uh, if you've been watching the games, usually Neil Adams is pretty good at... Because he works with the refereeing commission stuff, when he's commentating, he's like, oh, it looks like they're going to get a penalty now for something. And the amount of times he said that this week and nothing's happening, he's like, oh, I'm surprised about that. Like, almost caught him off guard as well. So, yeah, so I'd like to know if anybody's got any inside knowledge on the rules for the games, whether anything was highlighted. Maybe I'm talking rubbish. Maybe it's exactly the same as it's always been. But, yeah, I, I just don't know. It seems really strange to me. Um... So yeah, so that's that's the Japanese. They're just unbelievable. They've obviously got the heavyweights to go tomorrow. I wouldn't put it past the Japanese woman to get gold. I, I'm not sure about the Japanese. You know what? I still think Teddy's going to win it. I think he's going to be the most successful fighter of all time. Now, I've talked to a couple of people about this as well. For me, Ono is the best judoka of all time, bar none. There's nobody better than him. And people can go, oh, Yamashita was unbeaten for like his whole career. But judo wasn't the sport that it is now. It wasn't as competitive then as it is now. There wasn't as many people in that heavyweight division as there is now. And I just think he's dominant. For me, he is the best judo player of all time. Teddy Reiner is the most successful judo player of all time. And I think... I. 
look, I might be wrong. This is going out before he fights as well, so I'm sure people have picked me up on this. But I think he actually deserves to be the the best judoka of all time. I mean, he's got physical advantages, but what I really respect about Teddy Reiner is he's got his judo, he's got his system, he works hard. And, you know, there's people as well that I hear saying that, oh, his judo's not as good as whoever's, or it's not like the Japanese, he just looks for shoe. There's no part of me that thinks that Teddy Reiner doesn't want to do judo like that. I believe 100% he would love to be able to do judo like that. But he's in a sport, he's doing the best he can. Like, And don't get me wrong, he's still much, much better than myself or any of us listening to this. He's still phenomenal. But people have a beanie in their bonnet because he's not... He doesn't throw like I know he does it, but not many people do. But I think his system's so good. I think he, the way he understands judo and understands his judo, and obviously he's six foot seven, six foot eight, whatever it is. But yeah, I think he deserves. He's. I, des- I think he deserves to be where he is. I think he he could have given up judo a long time ago, um, and been successful at something else. Uh, but yeah, that's my my feeling on. Um, on Teddy Reiner actually and I, I do hope he gets the, the third gold and uh, Kosovo how on earth has Kosovo got two golds this Olympic Games two golds for Kosovo France has got one Georgia's now got one <laughs> they're second in the medal table and it doesn't look like that anybody it, the only way anybody will overtake Kosovo on the medal table is if um Teddy Reiner wins gold on Friday. That's the only way. And then it will be Japan, France, Kosovo. But that's phenomenal. For a country that's got, I think I read the stats, something like a third of the population of Wales or something. It's just unbelievable. Really, really unbelievable. And I thought, actually, I was a little bit um, surprised with Uzbekistan. I thought Uzbekistan would do slightly better. I don't know whether... I don't know whether they um, overtrained, but they just didn't seem like they were at the races like they they have been in previous tournaments. And I guess Israel as well, they, they've sort of been out of sorts. And um, I suppose Russia. Russia, actually, I don't know whether they would be disappointed with it or not. Like, anybody... With Russia, I just think... They got done with a doping ban. The whole team... Well, like Russia, you, it doesn't matter what sport you do, you can't fight. And then I would have loved to have been in the room when some clever guy worked out, well, actually, we don't have to fight for our country. We can fight for the Russian Olympic Committee instead or the Russian Judo Federation or like that guy. I bet you Putin's bought him a few beers. Like as soon as they worked out that actually we didn't have to fight for the country, we could fight for the country's association or federation or whatever it is, the committee. Like so I don't know whether they would be disappointed or not uh, with their results. You you would have thought they would have been a little bit better, but yeah, I don't know. That's a weird one. And I, I want to go I want to say a massive well done actually to Chelsea Giles. I was I was watching Chelsea and I thought she had a great draw but what really really impressed me was how easy she made it look you know the the composure and you still got to win those matches and yeah she just looked very very impressive throughout throughout the day winning that bronze medal and I think she's thoroughly thoroughly deserved and a big well done to all the British athletes actually and whether you fought for Great Britain, Ireland, Jamaica, Mexico 
yeah, well done. A real. It's so easy to to sort of look at the results out there and to think that you managed to still qualify. And you think Chelsea didn't actually, if the games were last year, I don't think she actually qualified. I think it was within this part of the cycle where she actually managed to qualify. Um, so yeah, so I, I, I'm really impressed with that. Um, yeah, sorry for that noise. That was my phone going off as well. <laughs> So yeah, so well done to all the British athletes. I, I know there's going to be a few things that come out after the games, um, which we'll see see what happens with that. But yeah, great. It's just good to see British athletes out there fighting. And hopefully when they come back, there won't be... The preparation just wasn't there, was it? They, you think how much time they spend travelling around the world to get their round door in, their preparation in. It was always, always going to be hard. So yeah, so I think... Yeah, I think um, it's going to be a weird one coming back, reflecting from this. But hopefully there, there'll be a good preparation towards Paris now. And I, I'm looking forward to Paris. I really want to try and get tickets to go out there because the judo is going to be second to Japan only, isn't it? If you could have gone out to Tokyo, it would have been awesome to actually go watch. Um, but yeah, also as well, like I wanted to actually... It's not judo-specific, Um I noticed a few comments going around on social media and stuff about that Simone uh, Simone Biles withdrawing from the gymnastics, and I think I think it's actually a really important thing to think about, even with our judo athletes. And I, I actually think she she done the right thing. I I believe that having the guts to go out there and say, look, I'm not right. It's not on. I, I I'm not ready to perform especially in a sport like gymnastics, because like if her head's not in it and she's up doing like 50 somersaults in the air and she gets it wrong, she could kill herself. Like you could really damage yourself. And, you know, to have the understanding of yourself and your body and, you know, to know it's not, it's not quite right for you. And I don't, I, yeah, I, I, I feel like some people are being really harsh. And I try and think about some of the judo athletes when I see keyboard warriors and the proper judo athletes for, for things that they believe should have happened. And I remember I was reading an article actually, um, and it was talking about the Simone Biles thing, but it talked about a Russian athlete as well. And obviously, I can't remember any of the dates, but there was a Russian athlete that broke her leg and the Russians basically brought her back, said she, she was gonna fight, she was gonna do, do the finals. And in the middle of one of her, her um, flips, that's the technical word, one of her flips, uh, she come down and broke her neck, you know, and I think she died at like 48 or something because of the injuries and stuff. Like it was just, just sickening. So you got to think, I think it's too easy to see these athletes, and we, we do it all the time. We put them up there as superstars. These are superhuman. They're able to do this. And it, obviously, the media does it because it sells, but I think at, at the, the bottom of it all, we've got to remember their people. You know, and they, there's only so much resilience you can have in regards of what's the right way, way of putting this? There's resilience in training, there's re resilience in mindset, but then there's also mental health and there's making sure that you're capable of coping, you know, and there's no long-term effects. And that's that's something where you've got to be really, really careful. And 
that Olympic medal or those Olympic medals aren't going to keep you they're not the things that keep you happy you know they're just they're just a result of something so yeah so I think um anybody who's thinking about being harsh on not not Simone um personally but on the judo side I think we've got to keep it into a, the back of our heads that these are just people as well um so yeah but also like who has anybody been watching the BBC coverage of the games? I think it's been awful. Um, thankfully, I've got Eurosport and Discovery Plus, but the BBC is just being absolutely terrible. The the interviews, I've just found the coverage absolutely pants. Um, and Discovery Plus is absolutely, it's been so good being able to watch the matches when you want to watch them. Yeah, it's been really good, Discovery Plus. But also, moving things a little bit along, actually, we've got um, British Judo have just announced some guidance for a safe return to competitions, which is good. I know there's going to be many coaches now. It's good watching the Olympics, but for us, many of us, it's about getting back, travelling, uh, getting the kids back into their competitions, giving a bit of guidance, purpose, you know, a, an aim for. So British Judo have released their guidance, and... I think the gist of it is you've competitions can only start six weeks after unrestricted um, training has started um, and athletes, judoka, have to have amassed at least 10 hours of training, which doesn't seem a lot, but I guess you've got to start somewhere. Um, and I guess a lot of kids won't actually be training that much still. So it's good to get the competitions back, the English Open... Or no, actually, England clo English Closed has announced that they're going to be running on the 4th and 5th of September, which is going to be good. I'm hopefully going to be there. So hopefully I'll, I'll see you guys um, at that competition. Make sure you say hello to me if you, if you are there. Um, but also, actually, uh, this is sort of why it's going to be a mini episode. I've been unbelievably busy with the club. It's been, well, since 12th of April opening it's just been felt like my feet haven't touched the ground we've been really pushing our classes trying to get open to full capacity obviously we got a full-time dojo in the lockdown trying to raise the funds to keep that got operational you know everything we've been working really hard and actually over the summer it's the work's still quite a lot so I feel like I'm going to take a little break from the podcast over the summer so I'm going to most probably I'm going to try and start the podcast back up um, beginning to middle of September once I've had a chance to because I've been trying to set up some interviews and stuff and just times haven't worked my kids aren't in school at the moment the routine's not there plus all the additional work and you know it Everybody slows down in August, but what actually I find for August is because I want to take a two-week holiday uh, at the end of August, I've got to get all of the prep, all the advertising ready for September, get everything starting to build up before September. So the work the workload actually is quite high. So I feel like I'm going to give myself uh, a little bit of break. What, what did I say? We're on episode 23. Um, we've had an episode every single week since I started um so yes yeah, so i'm gonna give myself a little break uh i'm really enjoying this podcast to be honest i really enjoy uh the interviews the learning last week's podcast i've i was so 
I so enjoyed. It was really, really good. So, I, but I just feel like I need to give myself a little bit of a break to catch up. There's loads of projects that I want to do um, with my YouTube, uh, my courses. There's so many other things that I need to do as well. Um, but I just feel like I, I'm not getting the time to get it all in and I want to keep enjoying this podcast so I feel like just give myself a few weeks try and get a couple of um, recordings done over that period give myself a little bit of a buffer and then we will be good to go again for September running up to Christmas Um, but yeah send me still send me some emails keep in contact on social media I, as I said, I, I, I really enjoy the podcasts. Uh, I want to keep them going. I just need a bit of time to, to get on top of all the work that I've got going on. Um, and let me know what you're up to. Let me know if you're going to be at the competitions, um, whether you're at trainings. Hopefully, I, I want to do a bit more traveling around as well. I want to get to a few more clubs. I want to do a few more bits. I want to go traveling. As soon as the borders open up properly, I'd like to get some competitions abroad. So yeah, so um, yeah, let me know what's going on and I hopefully will speak to you guys in a few weeks. So take care and I'll speak to you then. Judo talk, talk, judo talk.